The Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab number 125 for October 29th, 2007. <laughs> And welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab. I'm Dave Hamilton. I'm here with John Braun. I say it every week. Hi, John. How are you? Hi, Dave. So, you know what's coming up? What's coming up? Well, you know what day's coming up. Oh, yeah. We're going to see uh, Van Halen tomorrow night in, uh, in, in Boston. Okay. I was going to say Halloween. Oh, <laughs> you know. In my case, though, all I'm saying is you kids stay off my lawn. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I. We have a lot to get to in this show, but since you mentioned that holiday this week, I'm going to bring something up because, you know, I have two kids. When I was a kid, John, Halloween was one of these days where on Halloween was the day that you would go out and trick or treat, right? It was October 31st. You'd finish dinner. You'd put on your costume. You'd grab a bag or a sack and you run out and knock on all your neighbor's doors and collect as much candy as humanly possible. Now, it's it, it's gotten to be so scheduled and every town has its own night and some towns have already done trick-or-treating around here. Our trick-or-treating is scheduled for tomorrow night from 5 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. And this is how it's going to be. And yet, and there's oh, all oh, these. Who, who, who scheduled this? Who, the man? I mean, the the town. Mean? Yeah. And this is when it's done. And, and so it, the funny thing is now Halloween Day is a non-event. It's like a holiday that's become observed. It, 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 it doesn't make any sense to me why we why we screw all this stuff up. I mean, do kids why would you do this? Is it somebody that said, well, maybe kids want to trick or treat in one town on Thursday night and one town on Tuesday night and one town on Wednesday night? How much trick or treating do kids need to do? Just do it one night. And oh, hey, why not Halloween like it used to be? That'd be an idea. Anyway, that's my what I'm uh, saying is just think of the children. That's what I'm saying. Think of the children. I don't get it. I don't I don't get it. Okay, moving on. <laughs> so, Good rant. Yeah, we have, uh, you know, we had a nice show planned for tonight. And then, surprise, on Friday, Apple releases a new OS. So now we got to talk about that. Oh, it wasn't a surprise. Oh, it wasn't? I ordered mine ahead of time. Oh, yeah, that's right. Me too. Oh, yeah. Uh, it sounded better that way. So we've got uh, our initial experiences with Leopard to talk about. Of course, I'm sure Leopard will be a recurring theme in the show. Uh, at all. Ad infinitum, uh, as, as of course, as you folks have your questions about Leopard and then as we introduce our, you know, regularly scheduled tips and tricks and all that as they relate to Leopard, because it's the OS that uh, that presumably we'll wind up using as our main OS. Uh, so we've got a bunch of stuff about Leopard to uh, to go through at the initial kind of thoughts and all that stuff. And then we've got uh, just some regular questions, all the stuff that we would uh, we would normally do for you folks and a couple of sponsors, including a new sponsor that. Uh, that I'm actually excited to talk about, but, uh, but let's get into uh, the leopard thing. So my plan, John, it was to, to talk about yeah. my, you know, kind of our, our, each of us would talk about our three favorite new features in leopard and then maybe go, go through some installation advice and, uh, and then other things and Easter eggs and caveats and pitfalls and, and great new things that we found. No. So can, should I start or do you have something to say before, before I roll into this? Oh, I'm just saying I'm going to ruin that, but, yeah, well, that's, that's why that's why we have you here. Uh, 
so the, you got the, it on Friday, right? Like uh, the rest of the. I or, did. Now, of course, uh, you know, I, I was at WWDC and I got the uh, the build that was there. And then I'm also a registered developer. So I've had builds since then, of course, that I couldn't talk about. But I've been using it uh, on my house machine, on the iMac that I that I have, the G5 iMac that I have in the house, and that's the first place that I installed it here when the uh, when the actual release came out. I did not get the release build ahead of time, so uh, as with as with most of the rest of you, I got it Friday morning at about ten thirty. So uh, the the thing that I've used the most is the Finder, the the new screen sharing. Uh, remote control client that's built into the Finder. If you have more than one Mac, uh, you'll see them all listed in the uh, in the new Finder, which is kind of a, a new layout that we'll that we'll talk about. But as you highlight uh, a computer, you have connect to and then share screen if that's an option, and you can share the screen of non Leopard enabled Macs. Any any Mac that will let you do um, remote desktop. Uh, that will work and uh, and leopard will connect to it just fine very well integrated into the finder really really easy to use and because i've got so many macs here i actually wind up using that quite a bit and i really really like the fact that that's that that's fully integrated now and you don't need to go and and buy apple remote desktop just to do simple screen sharing there's of course more that ard does and and various reasons for going and, and getting that but now the client's built right in you don't have to do chicken to the vnc anything like that very 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 nice you have anything to say about that? Before? How does that? Because uh, I did come across something. Now again, I'm going to get into why I didn't get as far as you. But is this back to my Mac, or are we going to talk about that no. later? No, it's not. It's just it. it that's it's just uh, remote control of of other okay. Macs on the network. That's it. Yeah. So you're essentially getting a VNC or remote desktop client. Bingo. Capability on all machines. Bingo. You okay, so before you'd have to, and we told people how to do this, you had to provide your own client or buy the Apple product. Now it's it's built in. You got it. Yeah, well, a, a basic feature set, which is what 90% of the people out there would probably use anyway, sure. now built in. Yeah. Okay, and just warning, Windows has had this for a while. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. So, but it's nice to see it on the Apple side. And actually, that always kind of aggravated me that the you know remote screen sharing and stuff was uh, harder than it should be because that's a real plus, especially for support people and all that. So, yeah, that's right. That was, so, okay. What else? Uh, so the the next thing, and I have to say, I didn't use this at all during the uh, the test period. Is spaces now i don't know why i didn't use it i guess you know there there have been third-party products that let you do this the whole concept behind spaces is virtual desktops so you set up uh three different desktops and say you've got mail and safari in one and then maybe you know your news reader and your uh, i don't know your your nntp client your usenet client in another and then maybe photoshop and illustrator in a third and it's all running in the same user environment. All the apps are, it, it's like they're all open on the same screen, but you can lay them out the way you want and switch around from one to the other. I enabled spaces when I got the, the final build of Leopard and I love it. I, I have, you know, especially on my machine at the house, I've got, you know, three different things that I'm constantly doing there. And it's really nice to have them all sort of compartmentalized, really easy to move around between the two. You hold down the control key and just use the arrows. You can lay out your spaces uh, up to 16 different virtual desktops all uh, at the same time, but you can have them in, in 
varying uh, combinations of rows and columns. So you, you can really kind of lay this out visually. And then, of course, you can drag apps between them if, if you decide to do that. Otherwise, you leave them where they are and you just kind of navigate around spaces. And, and the st- you know, of course, my, moving from one space to another is a very visual thing and, it you know, very Apple-like. But, but the functionality is actually very, very useful. And I'm very surprised that, uh, that I'm using it as much as I am. So that's, uh, that's my second favorite new feature. Huh. In my opinion, if you need that, then your screen's too small. Well, that, that could be, um, I, I don't know. I got a 20 inch screen at the house and, uh, and a 23 in the office. And I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to wind up using it in the office too. So, but yeah, you're right. If you're, you know, if you're someone who normally uses a, uh, a, a, a large screen like me, you know, in the office and then takes the laptop out on the road, I can totally see then where spaces would be a massive time saver because you've got everything laid out the way you want and you just bounce around and it's, it's as though you have a bigger, uh, a bigger screen. So. Yeah, but seriously, no, uh, <clears throat> this is a case where, cause there was, or is, uh, maybe not too much longer, a product called virtual desktop, mm-hmm. um, you know, which was, and I think it probably does some more things than the, uh, and the Apple product, but in essence, that's what it is, is, you know, a, a big virtual space. If you can think like that. Yes. I mean, you get some visual hints as to, I mean, I believe, Dave, you get some visual, or do you? Do you get hints as to what's in the other spaces, or do you have to switch them? You know what I'm saying? You can you can hit F8 by default and uh. and see what's in the other spaces. But but for me, I've only got three set up. I don't need 16, um, and I, I just know what's in each space. It's just really nice to have things laid out the way I expect them without having to overlap windows and, and shuffle things back and forth and constantly, you know, the certainly moving from space to space is, uh, is not, uh, a, an entirely efficient operation. However, it's more efficient than digging through various, you know, through 10 layers of windows just to get the two things up front that you want to have next to each other, especially if those two things are two things you have next to each other regularly. Uh, you know, if I've got email and Safari and that's one kind of work environment, I don't need my, my newsreader to get in the way of that and then have to dig around and, and then relay out those windows the way I want. And spaces allows me to kind of freeze that stuff, uh, in a, in a way that, that makes sense to me. So cool. And it kind of lumps, uh, at least in the uh, system preferences, it lumps expose and spaces. That's right. The same cap- because they kind of go hand in hand, I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're two sides of the same foot. Or something. <laughs> uh, and then it, the the third thing that I have here, and there's a lot of there's a lot of cool features. You know, I haven't really been using Leopard uh, as my main machine. In fact, I still have not installed it on my MacBook Pro, um, only because I've had I've heard you know so much so many horror stories about it, and uh, don't want to get caught in the trap of of not being able to work. And today was just one of those days where I needed to get stuff done. Uh, like prepping this show, for example. And I've also heard that Audio Hijack Pro, uh, I know Rogue Amoeba mentioned that they don't have uh, entire compatibility with, with Audio Hijack in Leopard yet, and I didn't even want to investigate that. I just simply chose not to install it on the podcast machine either. But uh, so one, one other thing that I really, really like is that help, if you go to the help menu in an application, you can actually search for menu items. And I know this seems really simple, but it, it's really helpful. Uh, 
and and it'll go and highlight the menu item. You know, if you you can try it by looking for copy, right? Because that'll always be there. And it'll pull down the edit menu, highlight copy, and put like a little floating arrow next to it to to show you, hey, hey, this is where you're what you're looking for is, and and go ahead and check that out. So those oh, are my. I just tried that. <laughs> yeah, John. When we were going through show prep, folks, here John was in what I what I uh, called massive ADD mode because you'll hear a little bit about John's story with with Leopard here, but but there's a lot of things he hasn't yet seen, and so he would keep kind of floating away and and checking out some new feature that I would mention or you know find some tangent or whatever and have to reel him back in, and so uh, hopefully the show won't drag on too long tonight. But uh, so why don't it, it, along the lines of not dragging on, why don't you tell us about your uh, your favorite new features, John? Mm-hmm. You can start with start with the first. Okay, favorite new feature number one is the box. When you check this box out, especially when you take it out and there are lights around, the lights, I don't know how they do this. It's kind of a 3D, I don't know how to describe it, Dave, but you know what I'm talking about when you get the box is that the the, the lights in the room are kind of embedded in the box. And if you tilt it one way or another, they kind of float around in the background, especially with the back of the box too. So that was neat. I just like the attention to detail. And this is the the newer style packaging where you got to kind of figure to slide it out. But then when you do, you open it up and... The CD's on the right, and then the documentation is kind of hidden in a little pouch and everything. But then, uh, that was the best part for a while. So, you know, <laughs> fired up the CD, ran DVD. the install. I'm sorry, DVD, CD, disc. There, there we you go. go. <laughs> so, started it up on my G5. Of course, I first, thank goodness, made a full backup with a Carbon Copy Cloner, and they have an updated version. Check it out. Good. And one thing that I think it always did, but when I did this particular backup, because I was backing up to my new one terabyte drive, um, decided to back up to a disk image rather than the full disk because I didn't want to take up the whole one terabyte drive. I just wanted to take up, uh, you know, the, the 300 gig or so disk that uh, I was going to replace. So, And this is one where we've talked in the past about this, where this has been updated and updated and updated. So there's probably a lot of cruft leftover from earlier versions of OS 10 that I upgraded from. So this time I figured, because it's the most straightforward and it's the default choice, when I ran the installer, I said, okay, let's do an upgrade from, uh, you know, from, from the old OS. Okay. So um, I started installing, and it ran along. And now here's actually a piece, a piece of advice. When you're installing, if you go to the window menu, and I believe it says log, or log file, you can watch what the Mac OS X installer is doing. It's really? very interesting, and it's also very useful, as I found. So, at least in really? the... And I believe in all installers... Now has, that, some, has that always been there? I think it may have. Wow. Um, okay. Because it's basically just showing you the console log of the whole install process. Now, in my case, I'm glad I did. So it does one thing. So it shows you every step. And so in my case, what happened is it stopped. It failed... In the first install, and I'm like, huh, that's too bad. So I could save it as a text file, and actually there's an option, at least in this installer, where you can send that log file to Apple, presumably so they could figure out what the heck went wrong, just right. like some other error report. So I tried to run it again, and it worked. Hey. I'm like, right. oh, okay, you know, OS ten, you know, upgrade completed, booted, um, you know, was running Spotlight. And you got to expect that it'll run Spotlight and some other things that may be slow when you start, but then... As I started clicking on a control panel, because that's one of the first places I look for new functions yep. in the new OS, it said, you need to enter an administrator username and password. I'm like, huh? Huh? Because I was an administrator. 
And basically, uh, as far as I can tell, I'm not the only person that ran into this. And that was a, there, there's two things we could talk about. One, um, so I did talk to Michael, who does our Enhanced podcast, and he ran into the exact same problem that I did. Did an upgrade install, and then all of a sudden, when he was in the new environment, supposedly upgraded environment, all of a sudden, he lost administrator privileges on the account that was very formerly <laughs> administrator. You know, you look in the accounts, and it says administrator. Now, Apple did issue a login update or something, a combined login and remote desktop update, Dave, I think. Yeah, they did that today. That's that. right. Yeah. And that, I think, addresses some login problems. Now, you know, to me, that's a big problem if people can't log into their newly installed OS. And I got past login, but not too much farther because a lot of things that you want to work with, in the, especially in the control panels, require administrator privileges. Mm. So, hmm. Yeah, you know, so that, you please. that um, it makes me think that Apple will probably change its testing guidelines. Now, obviously, anything that, that I saw or read or, or all of that through the beta process is is still, you know, under NDA, presumably. Um, but it, so, so without, and I, and I really frankly don't remember a whole lot of what, what, what went on there. So I, I think I can speak pretty freely here. It would seem to me that perhaps Apple was uh, not having people go through that upgrade as often as they should have, certainly as late in the process as they should have, because there were a lot of people that had these login issues after doing exactly what you and Michael and, and even on Lisa's PowerBook, which I also upgraded, there was a minor issue with the keychain. I was able to get it fixed on hers very, very quickly, but even still, you know, the, the whole upgrade thing didn't work as well as it has in the past. And I think there was pro that, that probably Apple next time around will will encourage people to test that a little bit more uh, more closely. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So then I follow that with the uh, did a fresh install. And remember, I said I did a full backup right to a disk yeah. image. So can do a migration. So that's the point I'm at right now. Actually, I have my machine. With a fresh install, um, I haven't yet done the migrate. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, it takes a while sometimes to do these uh, installs and restores and yeah. all that stuff. Absolutely. All right. And, and I want to talk about the, the, the various different ways of, of upgrading to a new operating system and what our advice is. First, though, I do want to tell you about this new sponsor. And the sponsor is a company called HarmonETravel.com. And that's Harmon-Etravel.com. It's a different type of sponsor, and I'm really actually happy to have uh, them on board. Pete Harmon is a fellow Mac Geek Gab fan. Uh, he uh, is, is someone that, you know, that's listened to the show for a long time. And, you know, we talk a lot about travel on the show here, especially this time of year with Macworld Expo coming up. But, uh, but travel is, is a recurring theme. John and I wind up traveling quite a bit. And uh, we know that you folks tend to respond a lot to uh, to our various travel related woes because a lot of you folks travel as well. So uh, these folks at, at Harmon E Travel, it's a family owned site with more than 30 years of travel industry experience. And they have an engine that will go out and price all different types of travel, you know, airfare, hotels, car rentals, vacations, tour packages, cruises. And they can meet and sometimes beat the pricing of the big boys. And I really like their philosophy in business. It's if you can find it cheaper elsewhere, buy elsewhere. But if you, but search Harmon E-Travel first and, uh, 
if you got a good price there, go ahead. They, they've also got a, uh, a weekly deals and steals newsletter that offers last minute updates on, uh, on, you know, cruises and other great offers. And they also tend to offer a lot of different travel advice. And one piece that I wanted to share with you now is when you're going to go to harmonytravel.com, that's harmon-etravel.com, search on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday evenings to find the best prices. You don't have to travel on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday evenings. Just search on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday evenings. And uh, you're bound to find better prices there. Again, that's harmon-etravel.com. And uh, we'll be talking about them a little bit more here. They're also local folks. Pete's actually almost a neighbor of mine, though I haven't yet had the pleasure of meeting him. But uh, but we've uh, we've got him on board as a sponsor now, and we're and we're happy to have him. With that, John, let's get into the installation advice. So you have basically three options, right? You've got one option: make a backup. <laughs> Gosh darn it! You're absolutely right. I'm serious. Yes. You never know what's going to happen. If I didn't, I'd be in, in sad shape. So oh, yeah. whatever you want to use, carbon copy cloner, uh, retrospect, uh, maybe not Apple backup. I don't think super it's super really duper. Built. So super duper, yeah. of course. And, uh, so, uh, and, or time machine, right? But I guess you, uh, can't yeah, get backup until you, <laughs> <laughs> but it actually, they support that now. So it looks like the, and actually the migration tool will jump ahead a bit, but it supports time machine. So it looks yes. like that's their new platform for, moving data around between uh, the OS. Yeah. So you've got, once you've done the, the first and only option of backing up, you have, you have three remaining, you have a choice to make among basically three remaining options, the upgrade path, which goes in and totally upgrades the existing system that you have inheriting every setting, every extra that you've installed Every bit of cruft, any problems that you might have, you know, it just replaces the previous operating system with the new one, but doesn't delete any extra stuff or any of the settings that you've done. In theory, that would be, you know, the, the, the path of least resistance, assuming you meet no resistance. The second option is archive and install, which I think is the best thing Apple's ever added to their operating system installer. What it does is it takes the system out and moves it out of the way, installs a brand new system without inheriting any of the cruft that from the old one, but migrates your user accounts in. So other than a couple of various, you know, system wide enhancements, like for example, if you'd installed menu meters in uh, as a, a full system option, instead of a per user option, that would be lost. But, but there's very few things that are installed that way. And usually, uh, you can do a, an archive and install with almost no negative impact. And you start with a, a system that's fairly clean. You are inheriting all your old users preferences. So be that as it may. And then the third, of course, is the uh, nuke and pave option, which I, I think is what, what you wound up going through, John. And then you use the migration assistant, essentially getting yourself back to what happens with an archive and install um, in the end. Right. Ah, it took a while though. <laughs> yeah. Now, is everything working okay for you now that you've done the uh, the backup nuke and pave uh, and then migrate? Well, I still got to pull my data over, but the uh, okay. middle OS seems to work. There was a lot of weird stuff with disk images though. 
Really? It seemed disutility was doing something. We, we got to talk about this, uh, I think, at some point. But there's some operations that it seems disutility does on an image that take a lot of time, like reordering and verifying and stuff like that. When uh, huh. I was taking an image that I created with Carbon Copy Cloner, and a lot of time was involved in doing that. But I have to look into that and uh, figure out exactly what was going on. Huh. All right. Well, uh, so of those three options, if you haven't yet installed Leopard or if you're, you know, thinking about it, you know, for the whatever the next great update is, my advice is don't do the upgrade. Don't take the default because more often than not, I see problems with that. I, 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 I really like and have had great success with the archive and install. You're getting a fresh copy of the OS, but you're inheriting your old user folder. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are there, John. Uh, no thoughts. <laughs> All right. I'm guessing you're not a big fan of the upgrade option, though. At least not anymore. Uh, I guess the best thing is... Uh, no, I think I like the, uh, the, the current path I'm taking. I mean, it kind of forced me to, you know, do a reinstall. Yeah. But that's not a bad thing in the end. Right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's, let's, uh, there's a couple of things that we can talk about. You know, the, the one last big feature of Leopard that's been touted quite a bit is Time Machine. You can read a lot about it out there. Um, I've used it a little bit here uh, on the iMac at the house. It's, it's, well, it's fantastic, right? If if you've got a drive big enough to back up your 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 uh, your entire system, and then with some extra room for the incrementals, it's really really well done. Uh, you know, it does hourly backups of all the stuff that's changed, and then it mingles those into a daily backup, and then at the end of the week, mingles the week and uh, mingles the, the 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 days into a weekly backup, and then the weeks into a month. No, rather, I guess there's no weekly in there. It's just the days go into a monthly backup when uh, when all is said and done. Consolidates everything. That's very nice. Oh, when you click great. on it, the first time you click on it, it's kind of freaky because you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Because it takes your frontmost window and then kind of makes it a little smaller and then everything else disappears and then you see this kind of view into the, you know, into the, like past. the nebula or something there. And <laughs> now, of course, at this point, you only see your frontmost window, but then once you... Um, you know, once you get a few backups, then I guess you can do kind of a 3D surf around yeah. kind of thing. But, you know, I noticed that in the dock. That's kind of... The, the new dock is... Uh, You're not happy with the new dock, huh? Well, let's, let's, oh, no, let's, finish, let's finish talking about Time Machine here, and then let's get yes. into the, the, the other things that we found. So, uh, it, you know, the, the great part about Time Machine is that it makes it really, really simple to do full backups of your system, automated regular without thinking about it. I mean, literally you take a firewire drive, you plug it in. The OS asks you, do you want to use this for time machine? And as long as you say, yes, you are done. It will do everything else. Now you can configure it. And that's when it starts to break down for me. There's basically one thing, you know, one or two things that I want it to back up. And then the rest of the stuff I don't care about. And this was only because I was testing and had a smaller drive, but still, uh, you know, I've got a smaller drive. I want it to take my, my user folder and back that up. I couldn't tell it. There's no way to tell it only include this folder or only include my, my documents folder. What you have to do is go through and exclude 
everything else. And that gets very tedious. Now, one thing that's not painfully obvious is that you can do select multiple. If you hold down the uh, the command key when you're in the file dialog for excluding things, you can go through and select multiple items. So it makes it faster, but it's still uh, kind of quirky. And you, you've you got to, you know, as soon as you try to, to get granular with the thing, it, it does break down. Um, and then, of course, you know, backing up to uh, network connected drives, they have to be drives that are connected to another Leopard machine. Right now, I don't, know of any way of saying, look, you know, find this NAS drive that I have. This is, you know, one gig raid, you know, NAS drive, uh, NAS drive that is, and, and go ahead and, and do that. I don't see any way to do that. I can see where that would be very handy. And, uh, even in a home where you've got two or three computers and, you know, you want them all to back up to a network drive, but you don't want to designate one as the server and, and make sure it's on all the time. It would be nice, but, uh, yeah. what's that, John? I see some products out there. <clears throat> Say that again. I see some time machine products, maybe mm-hmm. special hard drives or bundles or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure it'll come around. I'm sure there's you know going to be people that that offer a hack for time machine if you do this, that, and this, and you can do it that way. But it, right now, it's fantastic if you're just trying to back up your computer. It will no doubt get better as uh, as time goes on in terms of you know customization and that sort of thing so so that's time machine and we will talk about that and and another one that i know that we'll talk about in the future is automator which has now has ui recording and playback and workflow variables and all these other great things uh i don't want to talk about them i don't want to talk about that until you know we've had some time to to work with it and really really dig in so for now We've got a couple of interesting tidbits, Easter eggs, and caveats that we found while digging through Leopard, and we're gonna we're gonna de- dedicate maybe the next couple of minutes to it, and uh, and then and then maybe answer some of your questions and and get out. Before we do that, though, I did want to talk about our second sponsor for the show, and that's Audio Engine USA, uh, of course, at AudioEngineUSA.com. Audio Engine makes the A5 and the A2 uh, desktop speakers. These are speakers that are built to be used with your Mac or PC or as a standalone. The A5s are uh, the higher end, the bigger speakers. Both both sets, the A2s and the A5s, have two speakers in each enclosure, uh, a high end and a low end. The A5s are great for filling a room with sound. The A2s, in my experience, are are great for very near field. If you want sound, full sound right at your computer, uh, they, 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 they both sound fantastic. Uh, they've got warm, low end crystal clear highs. They've got, uh, audio input ports that you can use with your computer or with an iPod. Uh, the a fives have, a AC jack on the back that you can hang an airport express off of making an all in one solution. Check out the a five and the a two speakers at AudioEngineUSA.com. And with that, John, let's get into uh, some of these little Easter eggs. One that I found that I really, really like is, and I, cause I do calculations all the time and I sometimes just want to do a quick little, you know, uh, 47 times 16 and get the answer. And now you can by clicking on the spotlight icon and typing in 47 times, i.e. asterisk 16, and it'll give you the answer as the first result. There's also a dictionary. Uh, that's, that's the secret. Because I was typing an X. Of course, computer people, especially if you write software, knows that a star is multiplication. That's right. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so that, that's one of mine. Do you, do you, you want to go back and forth on these, John? What's uh, what's something you found there? Uh, let's see. What do I have here? Okay. Well, one thing, um, uh, new network layout, the network, uh, control panel now or network system preference. Yep. I noticed they lay things out a little different. So first they show all of the uh, available interfaces on the left, which they didn't used to do before. So that's kind of different, and it gives you an awareness of what interfaces the computer sees or which ones are there that, that are not on. So like in my case, it shows Ethernet, internal modem, Bluetooth, and FireWire, all cool. for networking options. And then um, the advanced tabs, depending, actually it looks like they're laying out the uh, IP stuff a little differently. Uh, at least for Ethernet, I see 802.1x tab and... Uh, some things are a little different here, so I don't know if I like it or not. But uh, you know, but take <laughs> a look new. at the network control panel because it does show things in a in a different way. So you know, and I, like I told you, that's one of the first things I look at as I go through all the control panels, just right. because you you find those little little tidbits usually of the subtle changes that they've made from the, uh, the prior versions. What else did you find? I uh, and and I have to give credit to David Parmet of uh, Marketing Begin, Begins at Home Public Relations for pointing this out to me. I used this all the way through the, the beta process, noticed that any PCs on the network have a different icon in the finder, right? Like I said, in the, in the finder, there's the, you know, the sharing icons uh, or shared group and all the Macs have, have one look and all the PCs have another look. Well, if you zoom in on the PC icon, you will see that it shows a windows blue screen of death. And so I really, really <laughs> like, I like that. It, it's a nice little touch. So that's a, that's a, it's a little dig that they, they got it. They got away with there. So. Yeah. Well, you know, from what I hear, Apple have their own little blue screen incident. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. uh, several leopard people, including uh, Dr. Bob, I believe if I was yeah. reading his article. Yeah. Yeah, apparently some Leopard installs had a, uh, I guess not so much a blue screen at death, but a stuck in a blue screen. Yeah. While the computer was desperately trying to figure out what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was. Do you, do you know anything behind what, what was happening? That I, day, I don't. You didn't no. know that. I don't. Uh, so what else? So I found, uh, what other thing did I found here? Uh, dot Mac, good news and bad news. Good news is it syncs even more. We've had people ask us, and I think we'll go into some more detail, but now we have a you know, some extra facets here. But anyways, .Mac now, in addition to syncing uh, bookmarks, calendars, contacts, and keychains, uh, now apparently also does widgets, dock items, uh, mail, it's always done that, but also notes and preferences. So that's kind of neat. Yep. I mean, you have that extra space in your .Mac account, so why not uh, add some things? And then they have this thing. I don't think it's new. I think they just call it something out back to my Mac. Ah, oh, you're you're cheating. You're jumping ahead. That's good, though. Oh, I'm sorry, but it's no, in no, the no. .Mac control panel. I just clicked on it. And I'm like, right. huh, but I haven't tried it yet. So, yeah, yeah, very cool. Uh, you set up the whole thing, and you can use .Mac essentially to store your external IP address, and it goes back and finds you and lets you connect. And if you're at work, get get at your machine at home, and if you're at home, get at your machine at work. Assuming the firewall huh. lets you in, yeah. Yeah, very cool. So that's dot .Mac only? Okay, because I, I didn't click yes. on it yet. I just, just came across it. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. And, uh, all right, so uh, what's next on my list? Well, one thing we've talked about before, IMAP Mail in Mail 3.x now supports what's called IMAP Idle, which uh, it's on by default if you're connecting to an IMAP server that supports Idle and 
note that dot Mac currently does not, uh, but dot Mac uh, or IMAP idle allows you to essentially stay connected. It, it provides push email functionality, if you will. As soon as a message comes in, the server says to your Mac, I've got a new message. And then your Mac sees that and says, ah, I'll check for new mail now. So you can, you need to set mail to be checked regularly. If you set it to manually, it will disable idle. But even if you've got it set at an hour, if you check mail now and in two minutes, a new message comes in, that new message will just magically appear in your inbox. And it's set by default, but it's in the advanced pane of the account setup uh, section in mail. So that's uh, that's IMAP idle. Let's uh, let's do one more. And I guess it's time to get out of here, John. I don't think we're going to be answering any questions this week. Now, one more, uh, one more each. There you go. Yeah, well, I had a little one here. It's not okay, really new, ahead. but it's new to me. All right. Uh, the uh, display control panel or system preference. OK, <laughs> <laughs> I now have an option. Rotate. I didn't always have that option. Some display drivers, they'll kind of hide this. So you either have to do the uh, handstand, click your heels three times, uh, you know, to, right. to get the control to come up or otherwise it just matures so they offer it. But right now, so my screen and a lot of LCD screens, you can just uh, rotate from landscape to portrait. Um, this lets you do that. Um, I mean, the, the screen's not smart enough to say, hey, I turned, though I, I think in the past they've had some vendors that make those which sounds pretty darn cool, kind of like the iPhone. Um, but anyway, so this my display driver now for my SyncMaster uh, 19T or 191T, 19-inch screen, yeah. now says rotate, and it has 90, 180, and 270 degrees. So Cool. Now I can my screen in software. And uh, what else do I have? All right, one more. This just in from Mac OS 9, grid spacing. We actually can control, if you go and, uh, and lay out in the finder, go by icon and then go to the view menu and go to show view options. You will see a new slider for grid spacing. Yeah. Yep. And you can snap to grid. You can arrange, you know, any way you like. But uh, but the grid spacing actually is there now. I, you know, I, I know we were going to talk about new features, but the, to me, this is more of a, a really old feature. Like I said, it. Uh, I think the last time I really do. The last time we saw it was in Mac OS nine. Right. With you though, when you snap to grid and the grid's not the right size, that's very upsetting. Yeah, yeah. So now you can uh, you can adjust the grid spacing, which I think is really really cool. So uh, there's going to be a lot to talk about. I know iChat, of course, has a ton of new stuff, including screen really? sharing and all that. Oh yeah, man, you, you got to dig into some of this, and and so do I, frankly. It's uh, for TLS, finally, please. Uh I iChat support TLS? Wouldn't that be a mail thing? No, no. Well, no, a lot of the chat clients support, uh, you know, like Jabber, Exodus, stuff like that. The, oh, oh the, I iChat's a little behind on its uh, connection uh, encryption support. So, Well, there is, a, there is a list of Leopard's 300 new features that we'll, list, we'll link to here. Um, it is very worthwhile for you to, to go through this, folks. And... Me? Well, oh, you too. Yeah. You, yeah, all of us, frankly, uh, I, I have, I, I, you know, I've, I've been going through it too. There's stuff that you will not know about uh, unless you either stumble on it or read through this list. And it's, it's organized very well, organized by category, of course. And, uh, and, you know, made very simple. It's, it's Apple. Uh, 
But, you know, just read through this and uh, and you'll be amazed at all of the little things that Apple has has added to this. Not all 300 are really, truly valuable, but uh, to all of us anyway. But but there's a lot of good stuff in here. So go ahead and check it out. I think you'll uh, I think you'll appreciate it. So and with that, I think we're uh, you know, we could we could try and squeeze in a question or two, John. But but I think this is the leopard show and I think we're just going to leave it at that. Or the, the, the pre-Leopard show. This is the <laughs> welcome to... Welcome to Leopard. There you go. Leopard and my machine not working right. <laughs> so, you, you know, I like to... John, you know, I like to talk about when I when I go see music that was uh, totally solely because of, uh, of the podcast world. And Friday night, I had the opportunity to go see... Uh, Lisa and I went down to Boston and we saw Brother Love play. Uh, ah, the it, brother. it was a it was a brother love slash Keith and the girl show uh, thing. We Lisa and I went to dinner around the corner and we missed Keith and the girl. We arrived there just prior to brother love. Uh, there was a band called four inch stud, which I believe is a building term uh, that played. And they uh, and so we saw them play their own set. And while they were playing, I went up to, to Larry and asked him, I said, you know, so did you bring your band with you? And and uh, he said, he said, no, no, Four Inch Stud's going to be my band. And I thought, oh, man, you know, I've never been able to see him play with his own band. And these guys, uh, who knows? You know, the last time we saw him pull together a band at PME, it was kind of haphazard and it didn't really, sh- you know, showcase well. I have to say, these guys in Four Inch Stud, obviously they knew they were going to be backing him up. They learned his tunes to a T and knocked it out of the park. I, they it was a fantastic show. All the breaks were tight. The, the band was fantastic. The brother love was fantastic. The whole thing was absolutely great. Really, really glad we went down. And I just kind of wanted to 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 say that uh, in case any of you have the opportunity to see one of these Keith and the Girls slash Brother Love things, definitely you know go do it. Um, I, I can't promise that Foreign Stud will be there. They're a Boston band, but it looks like they're figuring out a way to make this really really work. So. Uh, of course, we mentioned uh, Michael Johnston earlier. He's the one who converts this show for you into AAC. And uh, and he, of course, is the publisher of iPhoneAlley.com. Next week, John, I think we're going to we're going to do a bunch of questions and answer a bunch of questions for these folks because uh, because we have to. We have. Them. Can we just do the questions and not the answers? Wouldn't that be funny if we just did that? If we just <laughs> we just threw or a bunch just of the questions answers. Oh, that'd be even better. Be like Jeopardy. <laughs> Mac Geek Gab Jeopardy. Uh, Cashfly Hosting is the place where you downloaded the podcast from and got it real fast and right on time. And the podcast marketplace this month includes the A5 and A2 desktop speakers from Audio Engine, BB Edit from Barebones Software, Text Expander from Smile on My Mac, one free download from Audible, and of course, all your travel needs from Harmon-Etravel.com. The Backbeat Media Podcast Network is the place where you go to sponsor this show mm-hmm. that's where harmony travel went that's where you can go if you want to sponsor the, the show cool kids. that's where all the cool kids go and i i think that's it i think we're out of here john i uh oh vote or comment yeah comment on itunes we I love the itunes comment we really love the itunes comments more than you would know I mean, I know everybody likes them, but John, I, I really, really like them. I really, really, really.
get caught. Made up.